Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars, make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. Fast-paced program today. Brewers baseball right around 2 o'clock. Pop Culture Corner. We move it up. We do it at 1.30. A lot of ground to cover before then. We're going to talk a little coronavirus. We're going to talk sexism in politics. We're going to talk about one of the greatest bait and switches in Milwaukee history. Hey, you're going to go buy, build a house, and the builder tells you, tell you what, it's going to cost you uh, $275,000 for the house. And then comes back a few months later and says, never mind, it's now 425000 What would you think of that? Now, instead of 1000 imagine if it's millions. That is precisely what is going on in the, with the city of Milwaukee. I will explain. But let's get started. Is there a statute of limitations on bad behavior? Let me tell you the story of Friedrich Karl Berger. He is 94 years old. Here's the situation. In World War II, he is a German national. In the final stages of during World War II, he was a member of the German Navy. All right. So now keep in mind what I'm going to tell you um, happened since he's 94 now. It happened when he was 19 years old. In the latter stages of World War II, of 1945, January to March of 1945, the Germans are losing the war. He he's he's in the navy. He's an enlisted guy in the navy. He gets transferred from whatever ship he was assigned on. He's transferred by and assigned by the SS to guard a concentration camp in Germany where forced laborers, many of them who were Russian civilians, were taken out each day in the dead of winter, and they were required to dig anti-tank fortifications. So this, this was not an extermination center, but it was, it was a concentration camp, and he was assigned again to do that. Most of the prisoners there, Russian, Dutch, Polish civilians, Jewish prisoners, and political opponents from France, Italy, and other countries. In March of 1945, as the war is going very badly for Germany, what they decide to do is they decide to evacuate this this prison-slash-concentration camp. And one of his assignments is to guard the, these prisoners as they march them from the camp to uh, a, a dock in Germany where they are then put on a ship and the, the, the prisoners are going to be transferred somewhere else. What, in, what happens is the, these prisoners from the camp are put on these two ships. Ultimately, the Royal Navy, the British, they sink both ships. 
because they didn't realize it, it had prisoners on it. But but bottom line was he was a prison guard in this camp for a couple of months. He says he didn't carry a gun. I don't know if that's true or not. This was it was a prison camp. It wasn't again a concentrate. It, it wasn't where they're exterminating people per se. But you know he he was a guard in a prison camp. He did it for a few months during most of the war. He was a, a German na- a sailor. All right, so that's the deal. What happens is that they sink a couple of the these ships. So we'll put that aside for just a minute. He after the war he leaves Germany and goes to Canada. He and his wife and family live in Canada from 1945, 1946, 1947 to 1959. In 1959, he comes into the United States. He settles in Tennessee, and he has been in the United States since approximately 1960. So for the last 40, 50, 60 years, he's lived in the United States before the 10 or 15 years before that, he lived in Canada. So he hasn't been back to Germany since 1945, since 1946. All right. What happens is they sink this one of the, one of the ships that sunk with all these prisoners on it, sinks to the bottom of whatever. And as part of an excavation thing and a salvage thing, they find in the ship's hold, they find a bunch of note cards and the note cards are like a, a payroll list of all the different people who worked at this various camp. And this guy's name is on it. So his name comes up as being on this because he did, in fact, work at the camp, received pay for this. And based on this, the government decides to move to deport him because he served as this guard at one of the, the prison camps for a few months. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I bring this up because two days ago, a U.S. immigration judge has ordered that this 94-year-old man be deported from the United States back to Germany. And they find that, hey, you know, he, he was he was a prison guard, and as a result of him being a prison guard, even though it was a couple months, he should not be in the United States. His argument is, look, look this I, I wasn't a guard at a concentration camp. The SS assigned me. I was a soldier. I was a sailor. Th- this was my assignment. I wasn't directly involved in atrocities per se. And by the way, it's been 75 years. I've been in this country for 60 years. Isn't there some sort of statute of limitations or shouldn't there be on bad behavior? I'm not I wasn't a serving German officer. I wasn't a policymaker. I was just a guy who, at the age of 19, was told, hey, you got to go be a prison guard for several months. 855-616-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I will tell you where I come down on this in just a moment. But my question is, should he have been ordered deported for something he did during World War II for a period of a handful of months at the end of the war. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or is there a statute of limitations on bad behavior? Or should there be a statute of limitations on bad behavior? 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I will share my thoughts with you in just a moment, but what do you think we discuss? 
855-616-1620. This is Jeff Wagner. Stick around. Jeff Wagner is right around the corner. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Dave from Appleton asks Jeff, please explain to me how you can deport a ninety-seven-year-old guy. He's actually ninety-four for something he did seventy-five years ago. But we can't deport people in this country illegally, time and a time again, and have committed crimes. Jeff, he was doing what he was assigned to do in a wartime situation. He was not killing anybody in a prison camp. He was watching over prisoners. He should be left alone. Jeff, leave him be. He was. 19 now he's 94 years old all right is it more complicated than that josh in milwaukee josh you're on wtmj hi how are you jeff real well thank you what okay should we be sending this 94 year old guy back i definitely think that anybody who had any sort of part in an atrocity like that there should not be a statute of limitations on that meaning a regular a regular action such as stealing or something something similar People, people get out of, but a mistake such as being part of one of the greatest atrocities in human history, mm-hmm. that's not really something that should be forget, forgiven or forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly agree with that. Not forgiven, not forgotten. The flip side is, let, let's, let's take this guy at his value. He, he's 18 or 19 years old. He's a sailor, so he's a grunt in the military he gets assigned at the very end of the war hey we need you off the ships you know we need you to stand guard at the that this prison camp and so he, he does what he's ordered to do he's not like the mastermind of the holocaust or anything like that given that he was i guess presumably just following orders is is it unfair to go after him 75 years later I definitely think that anybody who who did not have the mind or wherewithal to resist being part of such being part of such a heinous crime should definitely not. For, I do not think that that the person should be forgiven for. Okay. Well, thanks. Well, and, and by the way, nobody. I, I I certainly would not suggest anybody forgive him for that. I guess the question to in my mind is. And again, at, at the age of at the age of ninety four, I have I've understood, and I by the way I've supported in the past a number of the prosecutions of the people who were like the active prison guards in the concentration camps and things like that. Now, in this particular situation, it's a little more difficult because again, this is the end of the war. You are, you're pulled off the ship, you're assigned, okay, now we, we want you to go and we're evacuating this particular, con- this particular, you know, prison camp and, and you're going to be one of the people who act as guards. Now he went. He went voluntarily. He didn't refuse to do that. Now I guess at 19, March of 1945, had he refused to do it, my guess is they put him up against a wall and shoot him. I'm not justifying what he ended up doing, but under those circumstances, you know, at the age of 94, you know, do do we serve anything by going by going after him and sending him back to a country that he hasn't been in for the last seventy five years? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Again, I'll tell you where I come down on this in just a moment, but I, I find it to be an interesting story. Jim and McGuanago. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Um, so thanks for having me on. Sure. I, my opinion is that he should be allowed to say unless they can connect him with some atrocities. 
he wasn't a member of the uh, Einstein's Truppen or uh, the Falschemjägers, which were just notorious right. during that era. Many of the concentration camps were uh, controlled by various uh, divisions, departments of the uh, militaries of the law. Right. The, um, <clears throat> Uh, no, and no, I don't think that's what happened here. This guy, I mean, he, he's he's a, he's a sailor, and it's the end of the war, and my yes. guess is, you know, for whatever reasons, just showing just the, the demonic nature of the Third Reich, at the end of the war, they were more interested in, I think, trying to kill prisoners than they were in trying to win the war. And, and yeah, and he, this was his orders. You, you're leaving the ship. This is where we're sending you. That That's what I think happened. Yeah. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, you know, 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, Jeff, should we deport guards of our own Japanese internment camps? Hmm. Jeff, under these rules, wouldn't any American soldier who worked at any of our prison camps be guilty? What would be the difference? Well, there is a special law that goes back to 1978, and this is something I think a lot of people might not be familiar with. They call it, it's the 1978 Holtzman Amendment to the Immigration and Nationality Act, um, where they found he was deported because his, quote, willing service as an armed guard of prisoners at a concentration camp where persecution took place constituted assistance in Nazi-sponsored persecution. At least that's what the theory was behind this, and this was the justification they used for prosecuting him. I, I guess here's where I kind of come down on this. On the one hand, I, I'm, I'm not crying any tears for this man. I, I mean, what what he did as even playing the role of, of a soldier you know, by, by serving as a guard in this particular thing, he he facilitated the harm that was handed down to the people who were, were prisoners. We're not talking, though, about going back and saying, hey, we're going to prosecute you. Unlike other cases, this isn't one where we're saying, okay, we're, we're going to prosecute you and we're going to put you in prison for the, the last 20 years of your life. That's not this. What they're saying is, based on your involvement in the war, and based on what you did, we're sending you back to Germany. We, we don't want you in this country. And that's, I guess, where I, I see the distinction. I'm not sure, big picture, what you accomplished. Because, like I say, this guy wasn't apparently, but nobody says he was a Nazi. He was the, the 18 or 19-year-old sailor who gets the orders that say, okay, you're leaving the ship. You know, you're, you're going to this camp. And, yes, we're, we're evacuating. We're getting rid. We're closing down the camp. We're going to be marching these prisoners through the winter. And, you know, we're going to be making him do forced labor and all. It, there's, there's nothing reputable about what he did. If we were talking about prosecuting him and sending him to prison for the rest of his life for this, I think I would have a different position. But given given the nature of Nazi Germany, given the horrible nature of the Holocaust, I guess I look at this and it's tough for me to be too sympathetic to the guy. He was in this country for 70, for 60 years. He was in Canada for an extra 15. I think you can probably make a strong argument that we shouldn't have allowed him into the country in the first place. So if you shouldn't have allowed him into the country in the first place, it's kind of difficult for me to, to, again, lose too much sleep over the fact that you're going to send him back. Bottom line is, we're not sending him back to put him in prison. We're not sending him back to execute him. We're saying that because of what you did in World War II, you probably shouldn't have been allowed in this country in the first place. So even at the age of 94, we're going to send you back. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over that. This is Jeff Wagner.
Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. As we speak, the stock market is down another 433 points today on the continuing hysteria. And I am starting to come to the conclusion that it's it's just this kind of mass hysteria as opposed to other sorts of things. But on more coronavirus fears, it's down 430. It was originally down 700 points earlier today. So Wall Street's starting to come back a little bit. But what's lost in, in these fears is the fact that you had really, really great economic news coming out this morning. The economy added 273,000 jobs in February, which is just surprised a lot of different advisors and the unemployment rate fell from 3.6% to 3.5%, you're starting to reach like record lows. There's a level of unemployment that they call structural unemployment, and we're getting close to that. Structural unemployment is where essentially the people that aren't working, well, they're they're not working because they're not looking immediately for a job. Maybe they, they, they stop working at one place and they're taking a month off before they go work somewhere else we are getting close to that. Now, I understand, again, stock market down 426 points today on coronavirus fears, but the fundamentals of the market, very, very strong, very, very good economic news. And given the fact that the federal government's coming up with $8 billion to put towards the, the coronavirus issues, given what's going on with the economy, I'm telling you, I think this is a time to buy. When we come back, well, lots of stuff, including... Was it really because she was a woman? Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Do we really need to touch each other? I I raise this question because, you know, everybody's talking about the coronavirus. And and I, again, maybe I'm a little bit of a contraindicator, but I'm I'm starting to think that a lot of the concerns are overblown. But I I appreciate it's, it's a big it's a big deal, and I think we need to be mindful of, of things. And, and, of course, I think you can make the argument that you have to be mindful of stuff during the cold and flu season, etc. But, for example, we just got a, an email coming from our, our corporate headquarters, and, and, one of, and it's talking about dealing with – it's common sense stuff, dealing with the coronavirus. For example, they, they emphasize if you're sick – Stay home. You know, you're not doing anybody a favor by coming to work, something that I completely and totally uh, agree with. But one of the things that, that's coming out in this memo is handshaking and physical contact in the office have been suspended until further notice. So what they're saying is don't shake hands. Gru, I guess, you know, when, when we end every day with our bro hug, no, actually, we don't really do that, but we're not supposed to do that. But but I understand. They're saying, okay, handshaking and physical contact have been suspended, which I that's fine. I get it. Makes sense to me. No problem. It's been interesting, though, because there are a number of places that are wrestling with, with this whole concept. They're saying, okay, well, it's not a good idea for people to shake hands because, I mean, again, if you're infected, you know, chances are you've probably touched your mouth, you've touched your nose, your hands, no matter how hard you're trying to wash them or how much 
you know, hand sanitizer you put on them. If you're not feeling well, okay, you, you probably got some germs on your hands and you shake hands with somebody else and then you've spread those germs and that person then, you know, touches their face or whatever and you're off to the races. So, I mean, I, I understand why in, in times of an outbreak, for example, they're, they're saying, okay, don't, no more handshaking. But it's been interesting because one of the things that have been going on is that people have been trying to come up with alternatives to, to shaking hands. All right, we're not supposed to shake hands, so what, what should we do? Should we, should we fist bump? Should we, what's the thing I was seeing? Should you take your elbow and like, like bump elbows with, with somebody? That's what uh, Vice President Pence is doing. He's bumping elbows. He's doing the elbow bump. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. One segment. Why do we have to have physical contact? I mean, why? Why if we have decided that, okay, just for, for the time being, you know, handshaking, it's going to, like, like spread germs, can't, what's ever happened to, like, a verbal acknowledgement? Hey, Gru, how you doing? How was last night? Do, do you have to, do we have to shake hands? Do we have to fist bump? Do you have to elbow bump, which candidly looks just flat out dumb to me? I mean, for, if, if we are concerned about the spread of this virus, I, I get that. You know, isn't it just enough to acknowledge somebody? And if you see me on the street and you say, hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Are you going to be offended if I say, hey, I'm doing fine. It, it's great to see you. But we don't have physical contact. You know, we don't shake hands. We don't do the fist bump. We don't do the elbow thing. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I legitimately do not understand why why some of us feel that even in an age of, okay, we're not going to handshake for at least the time being, but that there still needs to be some alternative form of physical contact as an acknowledgement. To me, it's just, okay, we, we understand, you know, I don't want to get you sick. I don't want you to get me sick. Tell you what, for the time being, you know, we've got this meeting. Nice to see you, pal. I mean, thanks for coming in. Thanks for advertising with us. It's good to see you. Can't we just do that acknowledgement? Do we have to come back with, uh, all right, well, we can't shake hands, but we can do the fist bump. Or we can't shake hands, but we can do the elbow thing. I mean, do, do you really need that? Do you miss that for the time being? For me, it's like, I'm telling you, I'm just, I will, I will acknowledge you. I will greet you. I will say hello. But the whole idea of, okay, I'm going, I feel compelled to do something different. We're going to bump elbows. I just think it looks dumb. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Mike in Waukesha. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Real well, thank you. It's I'm glad to have yeah. you on the program. We're not going to shake hands. Is that okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Physical contact is way overrated. <laughs> well, it, it it depends. But but yeah, but as far as like the, these greetings well, and yeah. stuff, yeah, right. As far as far as these like greetings and stuff, I don't know. If I see somebody on the street, I don't feel this compulsion to to have to bump fists or something like that. It's just hi, how you doing? Good to see you. Correct. But a lot of the people that ask that question don't they turn into it. They go on with a statement or whatever. Like they don't really care how you're doing. Yeah. That's what bothers me about that part of it. Well, 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 right. No, thank you're right. Exactly. It's kind of like it, it's almost this thing that we do gratuitously. Here's somebody to say, Jeff, okay, so let me get this straight. You want to bump elbows, but we're also telling people that if you sneeze 
or if you cough, you're supposed to cough into your elbow. So we're going to bump the elbow that you just sneezed in. Um, <clears throat> yes. Um, Jeff, the bro hug is the dumbest thing since the high five and the fist bump. Guys look ridiculous when they do that. Uh, Betsy in Menominee Falls says, how about the Japanese bow? Oh, okay. I mean, if you, if you have to do that, somebody else says, um, uh, how about, let's do, just do jazz hands. Um, that's it. Jeff, just nod your head or wave. Yeah, see, that, 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 that's my answer. Or what I do a lot of times is I, I just do a little bit of a salute. I, acknowledging people, nice to see you, how you doing? Then you have this conversation. But I don't feel this obligation that we have to have some sort of physical contact. So if, over the next couple of days or weeks, and I, look, and I'm not a germaphobe, but right now there's a reason to perhaps avoid physical contact. So if we run into each other and I don't extend my hand, it's not because I'm trying to be rude. It is simply because I'm trying to find follow orders here, and I don't want to get you sick and don't want you to get sick. But I think the, the bro hug and the fist bump and all this other stuff, I think it looks dumb. So I'm not being antisocial. I just don't want to look any dumber than I normally look when I'm out in public. When we come back, is it possible we just weren't that into her? Stick around. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. All right. There's no question in my mind that perhaps the, the, that the biggest failure in the Democratic campaign for president this year was Michael Bloomberg. Spends $500 million. He wins American Samoa. Huge, huge failure. Second biggest failure was probably Elizabeth Warren, who back in October, she was viewed as the, the chosen one. She had the New York Times that's writing all these glowing pieces about her. She is a woman for our time. She's going to be the one that beats Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. And the truth is that that sounded good till people started voting. And she just she did not catch on, did poorly in Iowa did poorly in New Hampshire, did poorly in South Carolina, did poorly in Nevada, and then just got the doors blown off her campaign on Super Tuesday. She ran third in Massachusetts, for goodness sakes. So now, you know, she quits two days ago, and now we're having all the, you know, the postmortems. And the recurring theme has been, oh, this is just terrible. This shows how sexist the American public is. This shows how sexist the Democrat voters are. Don't they realize that this was the, this was the woman for our times? And yet, you know, here we are left with two 70-something, you know, white guys. They're the, the two main challengers to Donald Trump, who himself is a 70-something-year-old white guy. So, <clears throat> and Elizabeth Warren, to an extent, is playing into that. You know, some of her comments are, gee, this is, I just so, feel so bad that it's going to be at least another four years before some little girl can have a role model, et cetera, et cetera. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I'm sorry, and maybe again, I, I'm a contraindicator here, I, I don't buy the notion that it was gender that defeated Elizabeth Warren. I think... The simple fact of the matter was that voters just weren't that into her campaign. First of all, um, she was not a moderate choice. I mean, for voters who were looking for a moderate choice, Elizabeth Warren did not set herself up for that. She's Medicare for all. She's let's go after the wealth tax. She set herself up for the far left. So, you know, she's not going to get the Amy Klobuchar vote. She's not going to get the Mayor Pete votes. She's not going to get the Joe Biden votes. She was trying to take the the left wing track. And 
you know, she was going head to head against Bernie Sanders. And I think what happened is that Bernie Sanders, he was viewed as the real deal. I mean, Bernie had his, his army of, of committed big time leftists and Elizabeth Warren was never going to be that far to the left or she was never going to get people who've already committed to supporting Bernie and have been backing him for four years. She wasn't going to get that vote. She wasn't going to get the middle of the road vote because she's not the middle of the road. She There was not a path to her for the nomination as long as Sanders was there and Sanders wasn't going anywhere. Now, having said all that, I mean, is it... What, was Elizabeth Warren a particularly likable figure? No, I, I don't think she she was. I mean, I, I thought I think she was preachy. I think she was know it all. I think she turned off a lot of people, both men and women. But this idea that oh gee, she didn't win because we're not ready for a female. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. What I think happened is we weren't ready, or the Democrat voters weren't ready for that particular female. I've said this before and I stand by it. I think there's a very good chance that the first female president of the United States is going to be a Republican and it's going to be Nikki Haley. But in this particular situation, it, do I believe it was in any significant measure because of Elizabeth Warren's gender? No. It was because of Elizabeth Warren's failings as a candidate, not her gender, that she did not succeed. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And try as I might, I, I just I do not see her as a victim of this at all. Jeff, I'm a woman. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I couldn't stand Elizabeth Warren. I can't even say why. I guess I never saw uh, people who, who said that, you know, she was going to be a, a leader. Yeah. And I think a lot of people felt that way um, that, you know, it it, it was just her personality or something, you know, like that, that people found to be off-putting. Now, I mean, I, I heard some people saying, okay, well, you know, she was, she was shrill. Well, okay, I found her to be shrill. I don't say that in a sexist way, though. I find Bernie Sanders to be shrill. I find President Trump to be off-putting in his personality on a lot of different respects. But, but again, you know, in, in the case of President Trump, when he got elected in 2016, it was the binary choice. It was him or it was Hillary Clinton. In this particular situation, I mean, Democrat voters had the same. They had different alternatives. You know, if you were a Joe Biden supporter, you weren't going to be voting for Elizabeth Warren. Her path, her path to the nomination meant going through Bernie Sanders. And she wasn't able to do it for whatever reason, but this idea that, oh, she wasn't able to do it because she's a woman and somehow she's victimized and this is setting back the women's rights movement, I, I don't buy it. There were a lot of, of strong, I think, female candidates who just for whatever reason weren't able to gain traction. I mean, Kamala Harris out of California, I mean, she had a she checked off a lot of boxes and I thought was a compelling candidate. I've said this before, Amy Klobuchar. You don't hear Amy Klobuchar talking about, gee, the reason that she didn't get traction was because of, of sexism. You hear Amy Klobuchar, I think, recognizing that she was on this path to the nomination. In her case, she had to get past Joe Biden, wasn't able to do it because Biden had already he'd been around for years and years. He was established. But Amy Klobuchar isn't saying, oh, it's because I'm a woman. She's saying, I think she recognizes it's because this wasn't the right time for her. Don't know if there's ever going to be a right time for Elizabeth Warren as a candidate, but 
She couldn't get past Bernie Sanders. And from the perspective of women's rights and trying to find candidates and qualified female candidates, there's lots of qualified female candidates, lots of successful female candidates in Congress and in the Senate. And there will be a female president probably in my lifetime. But for the ones who've tried and failed to blame it on gender discrimination, I think, well, I think that is grossly unfair in this case to the Democrat voters of this country. Bottom line is, Liz, they just weren't that into you. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So Eric Bilstead, I, I listen to a lot of uh, national sports stuff, and there is this sentiment out there that Christian Yelich is both a chump and a traitor to his to other baseball players for signing the, wow. the deal. But because I mean, here, I mean, the, like I'm, I'm told, and again, you, you you listen to some of these national commentators. The the argument is that the agents and the, the national the, the baseball players association they always want a player to sign. They always want the the star players to be the next highest paid mm-hmm. because okay, so Bryce Harper signs this deal. That sets the market. So for the next guy that's up, you want to have more than Bryce Harper, sure. you know, because that then raises the, the salary things for everybody. And I think everybody agrees that Christian Yelich took a, I don't know if it's fair to say a below market deal because he's getting, you know, 200 plus million dollars. But that if he had continued to play at the level he had played at, you know, three years from now, he would have been able to go into the free agent market and probably get a bigger contract. So, I mean, the, the argument is, oh, he's kind of selling out the players. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. A, cu- a couple of things on that. And I don't buy this, mind you, but I just I right, throw that right, out there. No, right. I, I get it. I, a couple of things on that. Yes. So, yeah, he, he maybe make a little bit more money. And, yeah, he's he's doing the hometown discount. Obviously, he loves the team here. It is a long deal, though. And that's so you a, got the security. Yep. Yeah. And that's a long deal for a team to lock in on. I mean, you're talking eight years now, maybe nine years if they have the mutual option. But don't forget, too. I mean, he's 28 years old, so if had he waited, he's getting into the 30s there. Right, you don't know what the market's going to look like right. in three and years. you don't know the market, so this does play. To, this does help him to lock it in I, now. To, so, boy. Well, hmm. I, I, I couldn't agree more. First of all, I, I think it's a win-win all along. Yes, I, I agree. Because the idea, what's always frustrated me about athletes, and look, I'm, I'm a free market guy. I'm, I think it's great you make as much money as you want, but at the same time, when you're talking about that kind of money, so, so okay, you're talking about the, the difference between $24 million a year over the next nine years or 10 years versus $27 million a year. Th- does that mean you're... Does that mean that you're not going to be able to buy something? I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, really. Right. When you're talking about that kind of money, does it mean that you know you're? That, I mean, the reality is, for the types of money that you're talking about, whether it's twenty three or twenty five or twenty seven million, you're set for the rest of your life. Your kids are set. Your grandkids are set. Their grandkids are are set. You know, I mean, you're you're just you've taken care of yourself. So, I mean, I guess I always looked at it from the perspective of number one. To your point, if you can get the security. So, so right, that you yeah. know you are locked in. So if something happens 
and you're not able to play. I mean, look at Prince Fielder. I mean, so Prince it's Fielder. A great point. You know, I mean, he he you know he leaves the Brewers. He plays for a couple of years. He screws up his neck and he's out of baseball. You know, okay, that you're locked in. You're going to be paid that money for X amount of years. So you've got that security. You're taken care of for life. It's probably and realistically, it's all the money that you can spend. And if you're in a situation where you like where you are and you like what you do. And he obviously likes Milwaukee. He likes the ownership. He likes what they're committed to do to the team. Mm -hmm. And so if you're comfortable and they're still going to pay you a boatload of money, I don't think you're – I just think you're looking out for yourself making what I would consider to be a smart decision. Sure. And there's always going to be that idea of, well, you know, if there's – there's always that union idea. I mean, that happened to Sabathia. Right. C.C. Sabathia had plenty of interest in staying here, but he knew there was kind of this responsibility, too. He had to get that as much money as he could because he there's right. a, lot of, a lot of other players, too, that he'd like to help. Right. Help, I help out himself. Well, I but and again, out. it's just, it's just I guess I just kind of look at this and say it, it's I I applaud Yelich and it's kind of the way I, I think I would probably look at it. First of all, I like the I mean the, the idea of the security that you're you're locked up for for life at a whole Forever, boatload yeah. of money mm-hmm. and you're in an environment that you you like. I mean, you look at some of these free agents and I get it. They they go to they they go to these places and they follow the money. And they, they're never really able to repeat whatever it was that they had at their original team. And you got, you got to look at it and say, are they really having any fun? Yes, they're making all this money, but, you know. Isn't that amazing yeah. to think about, though? Think about that, that, that we are at a time now where someone wanted to play here. Yep. Yelich wanted to play here. By all accounts, Giannis wants to play right. here. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Right. Wants to, I mean, isn't yeah. a, is, you're talking about the best of the best, all wanting to be here. Well, yeah, I mean, Giannis will have to make that decision and at the end of the change, year. But, but, it's but, not, but no, mean, but no, he seems he seems to like it. Yeah. They've done the the. They're going to be able to pay him more than you know any other team. But but still, it, it's the same sort of thing. If you're looking at a contract for two hundred fifty million dollars or whatever it's going to be, okay, does it make any difference whether you're making two hundred fifty million or whether you're making you know two hundred thirty million? Yeah. It's it's not like you're going to have to have a tag sale for anybody. But yeah, I mean, you look at what the Bucks have done. They've created a winning culture. You've got a state of the art facility. You've got a great practice facility. You've got you know owners with incredible deep pockets who are committed to winning and you know clearly making the commitment that they're going to they're going to build a team around him it's not like hey Giannis you sign and you know you're going to be it right, they're not right. going to do that they're they're they've got a ton of money and they're willing to to do that no i but i, I think you're right i mean it's a it's a golden age for milwaukee in sports now absolutely so i'm i'm not I, I listen to these national sports shows and i have all these people like ripping yellow i can't believe Yelich is doing this and the players should be upset with him and all no he's doing what's right for him he's doing what's right for the fans and as somebody who grew up as a baseball fan i i Look, I appreciate free agency. I, I get the fact that you have this movement of players. But one of the things that I think has hurt baseball over the years is that you don't have players. It's not like it, it used to be back in the day where you had players that stayed with the teams for their entire career. So you kind of grew up watching the players, and your kids grew up watching the players. Now, and, and I understand why it works, I but it's these kind of mercenaries, all the play for two or three years at a place and then try to find the, the next big payoff. 
I, I think, you know, with Christian Yelich, he's going to be around forever. I'm good. And as Eric was saying, he's playing today. You can hear the game coming up in about 45 minutes or so. All right. Something that is happening over the weekend. All right. It is daylight saving time. Yes, I know. It's singular S every time. It took me about 20 years to realize you'd better not say daylight savings time or else people will email you. And so don't you know that it's daylight savings time? Yes, I know it is daylight saving time. And that means you spring ahead, which means we lose an hour of sleep. It also means the timing, it will stay later longer, all leading up to those wonderful June evenings. And I'm one of these guys that, you know, wishes every month of the year could be June, where it stays light till like nine o'clock at night. Whenever this happens, though, twice a year, there is a huge controversy, including a story I'm looking at in today's Wall Street Journal. Health experts saying, It is important to stop daylight saving time, that what has to happen is we have to stop switching. The argument is it causes heart attacks, it screws up people's sleep rhythms, it's bad. Now, what they can't agree on is what you would do. A poll I'm looking at now, 28% of people are happy with the status quo, 31% would like to be on daylight saving time year-round, 40% would prefer sticking solely with standard time. So people are split all over the map. Our number, 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I actually like the present system. I I like the whole concept of daylight saving time. I like the fact that in the summer months, it stays lighter, longer, so that you can, you know, enjoy things after work. At the same time, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind, you know, picking up that hour, you know, in, in the fall, in the winter, where, you know, kids have to be out at the school bus stops early on. I like the present system. What do you think? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, there are health experts who say it's not good for us. My perspective is, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I adapt pretty quickly. And, and my guess is it's going to take me all of maybe like one day, maybe, to recognize that, okay, it, it's now, you know, you've lost an hour or you've picked up an hour. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Where do you stand on daylight saving time? And should we, should we simply decide as a country that we're going to do away with it? Pick one standard, whatever that is, whether it's daylight saving time or standard time. Should we just say we're going to pick one and go with it? I like what we do now. How about you? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I admit, I do not understand why people hate the, the current system as much as people apparently hate the current system. And we're talking about daylight savings time, saving time. This weekend, you know, you, you set your clocks ahead an hour. You, you spring ahead. And I, you know, whenever you hear these conversations, people talk about, including a number of texters, I'll read them in just a moment, number of texters saying, oh, I, I, just, I just hate this. It's tough to adapt and things like that. And I'm, I'm thinking, huh? I mean, a few weeks ago, 
We were in Florida on, on vacation. So when you fly to the East Coast, you have to set your, your watch an hour ahead. Last weekend, we were in Las Vegas. When you fly out to Las Vegas or you go out to California, you, you set your you know your clock back two hours. I mean, that's just kind of the way it works. And, I, you know, th- does it... Does it screw you up? Well, it doesn't screw me up. I, I pretty much, all right, af- after one night, I've kind of adapted to the thing, and coming back, it's sort of the, the same way. I don't understand why, you know, you have health experts who say, oh, this is incredible. It's causing all these heart attacks and all this stress. I I, I just, I don't understand it. I, I like the idea in the summer that it stays lighter longer. Jeff, I agree with keeping things as they are. It helps to compensate in a productive way for the extremes in sunrise and sunset times that occur between winter and summer. Who needs daylight at 3 a.m. in the summer if we stayed on saving time all year round or sunsets before 7 p.m. most of the summer if we stayed on standard time all year round? And what's the big deal with switching twice a year? How about those who frequently travel and cross time zones? Yeah, that's the point I, I was just making. I mean, it's 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 really not that big a deal. You get on an airplane, you fly down to Disney World. Okay, you know, you have to put your clock ahead an hour. And then when you come back, you, you get that hour back. Jeff, I hate the current system. Split the difference, set clocks 30 minutes ahead, and leave them that year round. <laughs> Jeff, pick one time and stick with it. Uh, Jeff, daylight savings time, daylight saving time year round. Uh, Kevin writes, Jeff, I would gladly vote for any presidential candidate who makes getting rid of daylight saving time their main platform, Bernie included. Huh. I get I just to me, I, I don't even describe the fact that it is being a nuisance. Especially, I mean, even nowadays, it used to be, you know, back in the day, you, you had to manually adjust clocks. Well, I don't know about you, but yes, we, we have a handful of clocks in our house that I have to go around and manually adjust, but it's just a handful. Clock on the cable box automatically updates. Clock on your personal computer automatically updates. I mean, your cell phone is going to automatically update and adjust to that. You know, yes, yes, you got to push your, you know, take, if you still are one of those people like me who wear a watch, yeah, you have to adjust that. But same time, it's like it's not that big a deal. And trust me, you will thank me in June when it's going to stay light till 9 o'clock. Jeff, the current system is great. Yeah, I kind of like the current system is great as well. Bottom line is, Regardless of what you think about the system, at least right now, it is the system. So remember, Sunday morning, it is daylight saving time. You spring ahead an hour. Don't be late for church. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right, we're going to change things up just a little bit because... We have an early out for our Brewers game. Brewers coverage coming up in about 20-some-odd minutes. The last segment of our Friday shows is always Pop Culture Corner. Typically what happens is I introduce the topic after the bottom of the hour news and and then but because we have an early out i want to make sure we have two segments to take calls on this so pop culture corner this week we're going to get an early start on it all right sometimes we talk about movies sometimes we talk about books tv sports whatever all right today is tied up with the coronavirus now hear me out 
one of the things that's happening is that, especially when it comes to international travel, people are a little bit spooked because it's not necessarily just, hey, I'm worried that I might get sick if I go there. The concern I'm hearing more and more is, hey, I'm worried if I go overseas and there's an outbreak of this, I I might get stuck there. Now, you can make an argument that there's worse things that could happen to you than being stuck in London or Paris or Amsterdam. But I understand that that that's the concern. So when it comes to international travel, some people are kind of pulling back. Nevertheless, never. And I I think it's going to all work out. I really do believe it's all going to be fine. But nevertheless, as an alternative to international travel, I, I know specifically with particularly with spring break coming up, a lot of people are talking about, well, let's travel domestically. All right, let this is our opportunity to go somewhere in the United States and and see things. And you know, the bottom line is chances are, you know, even if the coronavirus breaks out, you're still going to be able to get home. Now, over the last couple of weeks, I spent some time in Florida. We were in Las Vegas last weekend. I love to travel overseas, but I also love to travel in the United States. So, Here's what we're going to do for Pop Culture Corner this afternoon. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you were to recommend one place for people to go on vacation in the continental U.S., that's the caveat. That's the restriction. It's got to be someplace in the continental U.S. Where would you tell people to go? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, a travel-related pop culture corner, your favorite place or the place that you would recommend that people go in the continental U.S. as our way of fighting the coronavirus. 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. As I always suggest during these segments, I encourage you to call quickly because we want to get to as many calls as we possibly can, and our phone lines tend to jam up. And secondly, go with your first instinct. So often on this, I people just overthink it. Well, this is what I thought of, but maybe I'm thinking of something else because that would sound. No, give me your first instinct. <laughs> Go with your gut, right, Melissa? That's, that's right. That, right. First thing that popped in my head was the Grand Canyon okay. in Arizona and Sedona. That area is so beautiful. Okay, well that that's that's I'll Melissa. Kick everything off. Melissa yeah. getting it started. <laughs> She's saying the Grand Canyon. Mm. Where would be your location? That's Pop Culture Corner. We're back to take your calls right after the news. It's time now for Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Put aside the heavy lifting and call the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. And now, here is Jeff Wagner. You are clearly into Pop Culture Corner, all sorts of different things. Here's one of the texts. Jeff, you have not lived if you have not had a $1 Michelob beer and a Jägermeister shot at the Stage Door Casino in Las Vegas at 3 a.m. Well, I, I, and I have to admit, I've been to Las Vegas three times a year for however many. I've never done that. And then there's the flip side. Jeff, fly into Grand Junction, Colorado, drive to Moab, Utah, some of the most beautiful landscapes and scenery I have found anywhere in the world. That's from Aaron in Rockford. So we go from, like, dollar shots of Jägermeister and Michelob to Moab. My wife would love the, the Moab trip. 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Pop Culture Corner. All right, this is my way of rebelling against the coronavirus concerns. Spring break is coming up. If you're going to recommend some place for some people, somebody to go in the United States, where would that be? Let's start with Tom in Watertown. Tom, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hiya, Jeff. Hi, I'm going to say Virginia and Riley, go to Rileysville, and then uh, it's close to Luray. You got the Skyline Drive, 
Plus, there's so many historical sites to see there, and if you want to for a day, you can take the metro and go to Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just beautiful. I'm a you know in Virginia. It's such an interesting state because you've got parts of it that are sort of urban, like you're talking about, the area kind of around like D.C. and stuff. And then you've got, you know, the the more southern sections. I'm a big fan of of Williamsburg. Williamsburg is one of my very favorite places in the world. My best friend got married in Williamsburg. He was at William and Mary and got married in Williamsburg. It's just it's just amazing the history that you see all throughout Virginia. I love it. No, thanks, and you know, outstanding. And and if you are a, a Civil War buff, and and I, I'm interested in the Civil War, I, I don't know that I fit the level of buff, but I have been to a number of the battlefields, and it, it's just it's just amazing. The thing I always recommend if you're taking a trip to, to a battlefield, I, to the extent you can. I always recommend that you go at the time that the battle was fought because you can really get a sense. For example, if you're going to go to Gettysburg, I mean, go go at the end of June, go in early July if you have a chance to do that because you can really, you know, when you're there at that time, you can just kind of feel and imagine what it must have been like for the people who were going through that. And again, it's always fascinating. It's always interesting. But Go to the Alamo, you know, at the time of year when the battle was fought. Go to Gettysburg when the battle was fought. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, where do we want to go? Um, our way of fighting the coronavirus here. We're going to go in the United States, and we're going to travel. Kathy and Racine. Hi, Kathy. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What do you think? Where, where should we go? I highly recommend Alaska. Alaska. My daughter found a deal. To Alaska, it was so cheap. We upgraded to uh, the uh, balcony outside, and we took excursions from every little stop we made and learned the history. Mm-hmm. And the scenery was just amazing. I am told it is beautiful. What time of year did you go? May, last May. May. Yeah. We left in our winter clothes, and believe it or not, we were walking around in sweatshirts in Alaska. It was warmer there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in I, Wisconsin. I, I have never been, but I am told it is just absolutely spectacular. No, thanks for the call, Kathy. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's go to the text line. Are you familiar with Fort Myers Beach? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I, I am. We were just, uh, that's where we were. We spent a couple days between Fort and we have friends in Fort Myers and we have friends in Naples and we spent a couple days between them and Fort Myers Beach and then of course you go over to like Sanibel and things like that. Yes, very familiar with that area. I love it. Jeff, you're right about Colonial Williamsburg, Norfolk Navy Shipyards, the Outer Banks, College of William and Mary. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ruby Falls in Tennessee is great. Jeff, Austin, Texas. Been there three Three times, beautiful scenery, great barbecue. Um, yeah, Austin, Texas. Austin, it, it's very reminiscent to me of a, of a warm weather version of Madison, Wisconsin. I mean, it's the same. Austin, it, it's a college town. That's where the University of Texas is. It's also the state capital, so you've got the government and um, just a great music scene. I, I happen to, I love Austin, Texas. You know, I can take or leave Dallas. I can take or leave Fort Worth. I like San Antonio, but Austin, just absolutely great. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Taylor in Greenfield. Taylor, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Okay, if we can go one place in the continental U.S., where are we going to go? Well, 
I would suggest uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, in listening to the gentleman that talked about Virginia and the history, there's tons of it also in the Charleston area. Uh, you've got Fort Sumter, which is yeah. very fascinating, off of the coast. And uh, you also have the USS Yorktown. Yep. And you can easily spend a day just going through that ship. We spent hours and didn't see it all. And if you're a golfer, we happen to have stayed at a condo in Kiwa Island, which is right. just 20 miles out of downtown Charleston. You have that going for you, too. And the weather is wonderful. The people are friendly. It's just a really nice place to go. Well, and you've, you've got great history, and that, that whole low country area is just it's just spectacular. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I love that part of the country. Now, th- thanks for calling. I mean, it was actually, you know, it, to me, it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, Charleston versus um, Savannah, Georgia. They, they're both, they're kind of antebellum south. Um, they, they, they remind me of each other, I guess. I mean, they both have their, their, their strong points, et cetera, et cetera. But I, but I agree that that whole area, just absolutely tremendous. Okay, we're going to come back. We'll have some more calls. We'll go to more texts. Got a few minutes before we have to break for the Brewers game. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Pop Culture Corner. We're talking travel this week, where would you go in the continental U.S.? You're not going to have to worry about getting quarantined and not being able to get back. All right, so where do you go for vacation? We continue the conversation in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Now back to Take Your Calls. Here's Jeff Wagner. So somebody texted you. You said it's best to go when the battles were fought, if you're going to battlefields or places like that. And then you mentioned the Alamo. When was that battle fought? Actually, no. Late February, early March, right about this time in 1836. That was the Alamo. Actually, if you ever get a chance to go to San Antonio, it, the, the, the cool thing is the Alamo, which is a lot smaller than you might imagine, it's right in the heart of downtown San Antonio. I mean, there, you've got this river walk. You walk up from the river walk. It's right there. I mean, it's kind of like the convention center in, on Wisconsin Avenue. It's just it's there. It's just this incredible experience. And if you ever get a chance to go do that, then right around the corner from the Alamo is the Menger Hotel, which is where Teddy Roosevelt formed the Rough Riders. And so went to see the Alamo, then went across and had a had a drink sitting where Teddy Roosevelt formed the Rough Riders in the bar. Very cool. That, that, that's the, see, that's the great thing about travel. If you have an opportunity to do that, it, you know, you go see that. I, I also tell people... I, I was really fortunate in another life. I got to spend a lot of time in Washington, D.C., especially if you have kids. Take them to Washington, D.C. I mean, you really, you will not be sorry. There is so much stuff to do. There is so much history. You just, I mean, I, I love I love the city. I, I just do. And every time, you know, we go, I always spend time at the various Smithsonian's because there's always something different. And then you go to the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument, and then you stand at the Lincoln Memorial and you take a right and you go down. And you've got the Vietnam Veterans Wall. I, I'm just telling you, it, it's spectacular. There's so much stuff in this country to, to see and so many great things. number of people are, I think, they, they know, I mean, Key West is my happy place. And if you get a chance to go to Key West, if you get a chance to go to Key West, I have two words for you. Do it. <laughs> just 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 do it. You know, I I just it's just we just I love Key West. There's 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 nothing to not love about Key West. Now, I don't want to live in Key West, but I to go down there for 3 or 4 days or a week can't go wrong. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Doug in Sheboygan. Doug, you're on WTMJ. 
Good afternoon. How are you today? I am well, thank you. Okay, if you can go one place or you would recommend people going one place, what would that place be? I've been there twice. It is, I don't know, I don't know if this qualifies for your continental uh, United States, but it would be Waterfall, Alaska. Okay, where is Waterfall, Alaska? It's in the panhandle of Alaska. Okay. Google Maps will have a very hard time finding it, but it does exist. Population two. Okay. <laughs> All right. What what makes Waterfall, Alaska so special? Well, I've been there twice. Um, you will not be on top of the food chain. It used to be, and it may still be, a canning town. Uh, in the summer, uh, population may go up to about 200 people. Okay. And they can fish there. And okay. that's it. All right. But the the waterfall is absolutely beautiful. And, yes, you are not on top of the food chain. You will see bears. <laughs> and th- thanks for calling. You're, you're going to have to be careful with those bears. All right. 855-616-1620. Just a couple more minutes. Let's see. Let's do some text here. National Parks. My three favorite that I've been to are Glacier National Park in Montana. number of people are mentioning that. I really... I haven't uh, I haven't spent much time in Montana. I was at Little Bighorn. I did I did I was at that battlefield. That was kind of cool. Zion National Park in Utah, and of course Yellowstone in um, Wyoming. Well, that's always um, alternatives there. Uh, let's see, Yellowstone Park fly fishing um, for cutthroat trout. Beautiful country. Yeah, I mean, the, the national parks are tremendous. Now, a number of people, I think, are probably, they, they know what my appeal is. Jeff, take the Bourbon Trail. Take a jaunt to Kentucky. Uh, check out the Jack, the Jim Beam, the Jack Daniels distilleries, um, plus the alcohol will wipe out any viruses. This is, it's actually, it's one of my dream trips. It, and I would, what I would do is I would kind of, that you, you go on the Bourbon Trail and you visit a number of the distilleries and you do it, I don't know, around the time that like they're running, the horses are running at Churchill Downs or at Keeneland or something like that. You combine that. That would be outstanding. I keep saying that some August, probably not going to be this August, but some August also, I have never been to Cooperstown for the Baseball Hall of Fame, and I've never been to the Saratoga Racetrack, which runs in late July and early and, and throughout August, and it's probably the most famous racetrack in the country. And so my wife has never been to Niagara Falls, so we're, we're kind of talking about, okay, go to Niagara Falls and then kind of drive over, and it, we're trying to figure out the best way to do it. People have different suggestions, but Niagara Falls and Cooperstown and um the uh, and and in Saratoga, I put that all together, and it sounds like it's one of my. That would be one of my trips. Um, let's see, eight five five six one six one six twenty. Jeff Washington D.C. On a nice day, spend at least three hours or so at the Arlington Cemetery. Yeah, there's there's just. Again, so much to see out there. Jeff, Orange County, California is awesome. If you love water and sun, Santa Monica and Laguna Beach are top-notch. Took the family there a few years ago. It was the best family vacation ever. Um, my, I think people know, my, my niece is a junior at San Diego State, which always, um, we were in Las Vegas with her last weekend to celebrate her 21st birthday. But the, the best part about having your, your niece, who's also your goddaughter, who's at San Diego State is, 
Well, you, you never need an excuse to go visit. So it's like, okay, well, let's let's go out and see Sydney for the weekend. And, and oh, yeah, if it happens to be, you know, San Diego in February or San Diego in December or something like that, um, always a lot of fun to go check that out. Jeff, uh, closer to home, Chicago has so much to see. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about like a day trip or something like that, Chicago is just absolutely tremendous. The bottom line of this is... Um, I find travel to be, number one, fun, and I find travel to be, number two, broadening. And I, I love traveling overseas. It's just been you know, great. I, I love our listener trips that we take and our cruises. been incredibly broadening. It's been a real blessing working here to have the opportunity to do that. At the same time, there's a lot of great places to go in the United States. Don't let the coronavirus scare you. Don't stay home. If you have the opportunity to go some of these places, again, it's two words. Do it. I am out of time. Back 12 noon Monday when we do this all again. Looks like the weather's going to be great for the weekend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Brewers baseball. It's coming up in just a few seconds. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.